Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Monday, December 13th, 2021. Stand up for your country. Well, I'm still standing. I mean, I'm sitting now, but what an insane weekend in Florida for the Trump history tour. It was, I've never seen anything like it. And I can tell you, I've been around, you guys know that. This was uh, an event, actually two events, um, where things were said and done and written. And I'm going to put it all in perspective for you. It was a wild adventure. Now, remember, uh, I was not only the interviewer of President Trump. I'm the producer of the tour. My production company has produced the tour. So I was involved with everything. And it was it was it's like a blur. I was lucky I had time to even get a sandwich. But it was so so many people and so many things happening. Um, what an education. So we're going to walk you right through it. I think you'll enjoy it. Any questions? I have Doug Brinkley, the historian, presidential historian. He's going to be on a program. And I told Doug, you ask me anything you want to ask me about what happened. And you're going to hear from President Trump. Obviously, going to run some sound bites tonight. Um, it's going to be something. Uh, first, uh, President Biden's schedule, uh, basically nothing. Um, He's trying to tie in the tornadoes, the terrible tornadoes in Kentucky uh, with the uh, climate change thing. That's what this is all about today. Okay, you know, look, whatever you want, Mr. President, uh, you want to tie it into climate change, it doesn't matter to me. And the reason that's happening is because they want more money uh, in the Build Back Better and all this for climate change. So whatever climate thing occurs is going to be, oh, well, there is global warming right there. Okay. All right, let's get on to the tour. So here are the history tour facts, which you will not get uh, in the hate Trump media. And I will deal with Newsweek and the other hate Trumpers at the end of the program and the final thought. They just lied. It's flat out lied. And they get away with it in America. You can do that. But here's the, here are the facts. Uh, the show in Fort Lauderdale grossed $2 million. $2 million, one show. There is not a political person on the face of the earth who could do one show and gross $2 million. Nobody. Okay? So far in the four-show ticket tally, more than 30,000 people have purchased tickets, and they're still selling because we are going to be in Houston at the Toyota Center this coming Saturday, and then in Dallas, the American Airlines Center on Sunday. So we could get up to 35, 36,000 tickets purchased on four shows. Again, it's impossible. Barack Obama is the most powerful and famous Democrat. He goes out and he can take anybody out he wants with him. Okay, he's not going to sell near this. It's not going to come close. And every everybody in the business knows it. In the concert uh, live uh, arena business. But again, you're never, never going to hear that because they hate Trump so much. It's not about me. People are coming to see Trump. They're not coming to see O'Reilly. All I am is the facilitator and the guy who can ask the questions that need to be asked. That's who I am. They're not coming to see me. They're coming to see him. And because he's successful in this, they're going to lie about it. And they have. Okay. Uh, the... 
Trump haters in the press, they desperately want to keep him down because they fear he'll run again and win. That's what this is all about. All right, now the crowd was, I think there was 11,000 in the building. It was so overwhelming that the Secret Service backed it up an hour. We had to, we had to delay the show an hour because they couldn't get everybody in. That's how overwhelming it was in Fort Lauderdale. You see the pictures there. It was incredible. And the Secret Service are very efficient. But even they were overwhelmed. But you will never again hear that from or see that in any forum. And uh, once we got underway, some in the crowd did not understand what this was, even though I told them. This is not a rally. We are not here to uh, canonize Donald Trump. This is a history tour about things we don't know because they were never reported. All right. But some in the crowd thought it was a rally. And so I had I had to scold them. And I did. (laughs) I did. And then things got quieter and we could have the discussion because it was very important that everybody here. Okay, here's the set list for the tour. These are uh, the questions, the topics. Now, I have clips posted on BillOReilly.com. If you are a premium or concierge member, you get to see a lot more. But if you're just somebody who's watching me on the first TV, listening to me on WABC Radio or all our other outlets, you can go there. We have some clips for you. Uh, But the major clips are shown to our premium members. But anyway, I'm going to give you uh, the topics that we discussed, and I'm going to run in some sound from Donald Trump right now. All right, so the first topic was Putin. How dangerous is he? And I asked President Trump to assess him uh, on whether he's willing to start a conflict in Europe with Ukraine. Then we went to Xi. How dangerous is he? Is he going to invade Taiwan? All right. Third topic was, should China be punished for COVID? And Donald Trump said China should pay reparations to the USA and every other country. And that made some news. So he had never said that before. How did the vaccine get developed so quickly? It was a nine-month process. And did Trump get sabotaged by the CEO of Pfizer? He said that was fascinating. How he got it up and running because he made deals, individual deals. And remember, no other country in the world has a vaccine. Even now. Just us. Um, then, uh, were you surprised Afghanistan collapsed so fast? And what was your role in that? And then, were you surprised that President Biden opened the border? His first day in office. Come on in. Did that surprise you? All right. So these were all asked to Donald Trump. And then we got into January 6th, which I think was the most important part of the history program in both Fort Lauderdale and Orlando. So I asked him, look, you are being accused of instigating the attack on the Capitol by a House committee. You're being accused of doing that. What say you? Roll the tape. One other thing that nobody knows, I knew how large this was going to be because everyone I knew was saying, oh, we're going to be there in the six. We're going to be no matter where you went. I said, I think this is going to be really big. And I asked the Secretary of Defense, I said, I think you should recommend 
to Nancy Pelosi and to Congress, because they're the ones that control it, I would like to recommend 10,000 National Guardsmen to go and to police here, just in case. I didn't do it as an order. I did it as a suggestion. Because remember, they run the police. Pelosi and Schumer run that whole operation. So a lot of people don't know this. They don't like to report it. All right. So we immediately checked that out. Did Donald Trump, a day before, on January 5th, tell his Secretary of Defense, Christopher Miller, to request 10,000 Guardsmen to protect the Capitol and other government offices? So here's what we found from Miller on a sworn testimony. Put it up on the screen. Quote, on the afternoon of January 5th, I received a call from the president in connection with a rally by his supporters that day at Freedom Plaza. The president asked if I was watching the event on television. I replied I'd seen the coverage of the event. He then commented that they were going to need 10,000 troops the following day, unquote. So that call was made, all right, to then Secretary of Defense uh, Christopher Miller. Now, whether it got to Pelosi and Pelosi turned it down, I can't confirm that. But that's what Donald Trump says happened. But there's no doubt that he did want the guard in there one day before the attack on the Capitol. And that undercuts the entire premise that Donald Trump instigated the Capitol attack. So I thought that was pretty important. Okay. Now, I asked him a number of other questions about assessing people, individuals. And I said, look, I don't want a hatchet job here, but you know these people. And I need to know how you feel about that. And one of the names was Barack Obama. I spent a long time with him, as you know, in the ceremonial, like, let's get together very early on. And I mean, what I did learn, and I liked him, I got along well with him, I got along well with Michelle Obama. Now that, you know, the crowd was a little quiet there. I thought that was interesting. Um, And this was the most interesting thing that happened. So in Orlando, I I try to, you know, all the shows are different. All right. So the Lauderdale show, that was a set list I gave you. And I I mixed it up a little in Orlando. And in Houston and Dallas next weekend, I'll I'll bring in new things and we'll do it differently because I want to, you know, keep it fresh. So I asked uh, President Trump, if you are reelected, and there's no doubt he's running again unless something happens, you know, that's nobody foresees. He will run again. Um, If you're reelected, will you order the Justice Department to investigate Hunter and Joe Biden? Roll the tape. I don't want to hurt a family. I'll be honest. Look, look, we've got a president. We've got a president. No, we've got to be fair. We've got a president. There's... They're very angry at this family, aren't they? Look, I can say this. What they've done to my family is a disgrace, okay? What they've done to my family. And people want that to happen. It's almost a question that I get more than anything, because you know it's so corrupt. And again, it's being looked at right now. It's a shame that it has to be looked at. 
Millions of dollars came out of China. Millions of dollars came out of Ukraine. Millions of dollars came out of Russia. These are all places that we're dealing with now. Now, because Donald Trump did not say, yes, he would investigate Hunter and Joe Biden in their financial transactions with foreign nations, that crowd in Orlando, <laughs> they voiced their displeasure. And, and that took the president by surprise. And me too, I have to be honest, I, because it was, it was loud. I mean, you only heard a little of it, but boy, the whole place shook. Um, interesting. Um, I learned um, a lot I didn't know, but one thing very important. You remember in the first impeachment was because President Trump called Ukraine, Ukrainian President Zelensky and talked about Hunter Biden. And he said, if you have, Mr. Zelensky, any information about Hunter Biden and corrupt dealings, please let us know. For that, he was impeached. Donald Trump was impeached. Okay, but I did not know until the president told me that there is a treaty right now, and it was uh, signed by Bill Clinton in 1998, called the United States of America and Ukraine on Mutual Legal Assistance in Criminal Matters. I'll repeat it. A treaty between the United States of America and Ukraine on mutual legal assistance in criminal matters. And that treaty says that if there's questions about any dealings by either country, Ukraine or the United States, they have a right to the information. Now, why I didn't hear that or nobody reported that or the congressional uh, hearings on impeachment didn't mention that, stunning because that was the basis for the first impeachment. And the second impeachment, the basis was Donald Trump incited the, uh, the riot. So you can see how this history tour is really narrowing into very, very important items. All right, joining us now from Austin, Texas, is a guy I've known for decades, a presidential historian, Douglas Brinkley, author of many, many fine books, the latest being American Moonshot, John F. Kennedy and the Great space race makes a excellent Christmas gift. All right. Based on what I've said so far, uh, Doug, um, what's your impression of the Trump history tour? Well, you know, Bill, it's fascinating because most presidents get out and uh, out of office and try to quickly do a memoir. Uh, I, I noticed that President Trump um, has a book out about more of a kind of photo type of book, but you're really developing a transcript, an oral history um, of Trump. And it's it, his subduedness, um, I find fascinating in the sense that I think he put up his main defense on January 6th with you, which is that he did request um, from the Secretary of Defense and to Pelosi um, that there would be more troops surrounding the Capitol. And I think that's um, important to follow that path because that will be Donald Trump's defense uh, in front of the Congressional Commission. Um, and second, when he said nice things about Barack Obama and, and was pretty calm about the Biden family, it showed me, if, if you're correct, and I believe you are, that he's going to be running for president, all things considered, in 2024. He did, I mean, in 2026, he did seem to... Um, you know, want to show himself as moving a little bit more towards center-right 
not hard right. Uh, you know, when he's campaigning, he really goes after people, but I think he's taking this exercise with you seriously as creating a more sober-minded, less euphoric or, um, you know, type of, um, you know, memory for people. And it, it, it's a strategic move, he's, the way he's playing this right now. Well, and I did have extensive conversations. I, I'll, I'll tell you again that I did not tell President Trump uh, any of the questions. I never do that. I'm a journalist. Journalists don't do that. Okay. But I did say that this is very serious because we have four cameras recording everything. We are getting transcripts and the only two people in the transcripts will have them in the world is me and him. They're not going out to the press. They're not going anywhere. I said, if you want to establish a baseline of your presidency, here is where you can do it. And in front of 12,000 witnesses. Okay. So I think the audience was a little stunned. As I said, some of them thought it was going to be some rally and we were going to go sing country music songs. No. Um, But I must compliment the 45th president of the United States. He didn't break a sweat. He didn't tell me anything that wasn't untrue. And believe me, we checked. So we checked Christopher Miller. And everything that he said, we checked. All right? Because that's who we are. And so I think the importance of this is vast. And then the success of it, Doug, shows the country how much the press hates Donald Trump and that hatred's going to grow. And even when he has a success like these shows, I mean, more than 30,000 tickets sold in the middle of a pandemic. Who can you know, do Bill, that? It reminds me of uh, when Theodore Roosevelt, who was the last president who was sitting president and then decided to run again as ex-president. We talked about Grover Cleveland doing that in the 19th century, but Theodore Roosevelt did it in the 20th. The difference is Donald Trump is not going to run a third party like TR did with the bull moose. He's he's pulling together the GOP. And I think Lindsey Graham early on um, had warned him um, earlier this year that you don't need to go far right anymore. They love you. Um, you can tact a little bit towards the center. And I felt that that was a baseline that he was making with you. And I think your word baseline's the perfect word. I felt that he's really starting to leave tracks on almost like doing a memoir with you, uh, which is going to have great historic value. And these will get out. Uh, You and President Trump might own the transcripts, but they'll leak out somewhere, somehow, somebody in a crowd that big will have them. And so he has to err on the side, I would think, of caution when he's dealing with anything that might have legal implications. But he was trying to come up as a good guy with you with the way I think he answered that Obama question. Um, He's known for the birther bit with Obama. And here he's saying, I like them both. And that will play well for more more center um, uh, conservatives, but not not the hard right. Well, look, I when he asked me about running, I said to him and and as I said many times, Doug, Presidents from Bill Clinton on have asked me my opinion on certain things. And as an American, if a president asks me an opinion, I'm going to give him the opinion. All right. So I said, look, if you're going to run again, if you really want to do that, because you know they're going to put you through hell. I mean, as I said, the president's going to hate him more if possible. I I don't know if that's possible, but they are. Okay. You got to run on your record. 
You got to run on your record. You can't run on draining the swamp or the election was a fraud or, or any of that. You got to run on what you did foreign affairs. Okay, what you did on the border, what you did in economics, how you contained inflation. And I said, that's what this is all about. I did ask him about the economy. Not a lot because the economy is kind of a ponderous thing and people understand. But you know what? He didn't take a lot of cheap shots on Biden. He a few, a few. All right. That because I asked him flat out, I said, do you think he's a diminished man? Do you think he knows what he's doing in there? And I don't got a whale on that. He said, President Trump said, I think other people are advising him and he's he's doing what they tell him to do. And by the way, do you think that as a presidential historian about Joe Biden? Yeah, Biden's had a very rough year and I could have I, I would have thought that Trump on these rallies would have just been punching away at Biden, uh, making inflation the big issue, talking about the uh, failure in Afghanistan, um, the problems with vaccination dissemination. Um, but instead, he again is, is taking a little different tact. I'd be curious to ask you, Bill, on COVID, I mean, does he seem to be proud of Operation Warp Speed? Yes. Is that something he's going to run on? Uh, that I don't know about, actually... I don't know if he'll run on it. He, I think he's going to run more on China owes us and everybody else money. He was hard on that reparations thing, which he had never said before. But what he did say in the area that I got into is Donald Trump's a deal maker. That's how he, he, he conducted his whole presidency, making individual deals. Well, he hauled in those pharmaceutical companies and he said, if you can do this, I'll pay you this amount of money. All right. The government will pay you billions and billions of dollars if you can do it. That's how it got done. Because they went back and said, whoa, we're going to get all this money. So we full court press it. And I he what he wasn't so going, I did it. I did it. I did it like he usually does. All right. Donald Trump does, does that a lot. He didn't do that this time. He just said we made him a deal as maybe the Godfather once said they couldn't refuse. And it worked. Would you, Bill, consider bringing these out in a book form with with President Trump? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just trying to get through the next two shows. Yeah. So, you know. And, you know, he's going to be judged by crowd size. Uh, that's going to be the media story is how large are the crowds. And your feeling is they couldn't be bigger. Well, is I mean, if you, if you do four shows and you've sold already 30,000 tickets with a, probably another four or 5,000 to come, you do the math. You do the math. Nobody can do that. No one. Yeah, I think I think most ex-presidents, people judge how much advance money they get for their memoir, how much did Barack Obama get paid, or how sure. much. Sure, and, and if Biden... Trump wanted Trump's uh, the book you mentioned in Trump, has sold two hundred thousand copies at seventy-five bucks a pop, and they ran out of books. So I don't, but I'm not even involved with that, and I can't yeah. tell anybody how much President Trump's getting paid. It's my production company, as I mentioned, that's putting this on. But I'll tell you what. There's nobody in the world that could command the kind of money that he's making and the audience that has already purchased the tickets. Yet, if you read on the Internet, you would think that this is a bomb. There's nobody there. Uh, and, and that brings me to my last question for you. This has changed. This is a game changer, Doug. 
When you can lie about the president of the United States with impunity, you can say whatever you want to say, no matter how unfair and inaccurate it is, then where do we go from there? What's the anecdote to that? Well, I think it's um, you're it's just showing clips like you're doing and showing the enthusiasm. Uh, you know, people are always on whatever your future performances are. I know you're going to Houston and Dallas. Everybody's looking for Trump to say a blunder, something that's going to be destructive to his career in the media world. Uh, in many ways, if he can come out of all this unscathed, I think, he will be advanced. I had one quick question. Is there any possibility, Bill, in the scenario of him becoming Speaker of the House, as some have intimated, if none. you think that's just none? None. So um, okay. what the Trump apparatus is now is fundraising for the next run. That's the and entire how apparatus. Media, how is his, Trump's media organization going to play into that? Listen, I did, I'm not involved with his campaign at all. Um, I had to deal with them as far as uh, marketing these shows. So I don't know. I can't answer that question. What I can say with certainty is that he wants to be president again. He believes that he has enough votes to win, particularly because President Biden is doing so poorly and he doesn't believe President Biden has the capacity to come back. You know, with inflation the way it is now in November, 8.3%, Doug. Now we're talking a pain level. So it yeah. may be too early for the Republican Party. You know, we'll see next uh, midterms. But Trump really believes that he can do it. And that's where 100% of his energy is focused. And he seemed very calm and collected. Did that surprise you that 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 his demeanor was? Well, I um, told him if he wasn't calm and collected, that I would have to hang around with him more. And he didn't want that. <laughs> All right. So that was an incentive. And I was the whip guy. I was the one that told the people who, you know, sort of yell and knock it off. OK, so he didn't have to do any of that. I was the bouncer. Anyway, Doug, look, I, I hope you get to see the Houston show. Uh, if you do get to see it, I'd like you to come back maybe next week and we'll talk about it. Uh, and thank you very much for uh, your comments today. Hey, thank you, Bill. Merry Christmas. See you. OK, so Chris Wallace uh, leaving uh, Fox News uh, very abruptly, very, very abruptly. Now, people think that I have a, a you know, insight into uh, FNC. I do not. Okay, I don't really, I have friends over there, of course. Uh, they tell me things, but I'd never repeat them. Uh, but I don't have anything to do with them, all right? It's a new management, nothing to do with me. They don't like me, uh, that's fine. I mean, they have jobs because of me, but look, uh, I don't, that's gone. However, a guy like Chris Wallace, he meant a lot as far as prestige was concerned. Um, not with Fox News core viewers. They didn't like him uh, because of Trump primarily. But in the rest of the media, you know, a Chris Wallace, a Brit Hume was still there. Um, these kind of people, they're prestige. You lose a Wallace, uh, that's uh, a fairly heavy blow. Now, tomorrow, Bernie Goldberg is going to be here, and we'll discuss that with him. Uh, I don't do speculation. I don't do guessing. 
Um, I'll accumulate some information by tomorrow. Uh, but I, I was when I saw that uh, on Sunday, that it, this was his last broadcast, I went, whoa. Because usually, you know, they do an arc on that, but something happened. What happened was going to CNN. I mean, you know, you're going to the enemy. So Brian Williams, he uh, packed it at MSNBC. I want to tell you a story. So in February 2015, Brian Williams was uh, suspended by NBC News as the anchorman of the nightly news because he embellished things uh, and said, I did this, I did that, I did this, and he didn't do it. And he was caught. So I was reporting for FNC, and to me, the story was, okay, it's a one-day story. He embellished, he embellished. You know, people do that. I don't know why, I don't care why. I I think Lester Holt is a thousand times better anchorman than Brian Williams ever was, okay? That was an upgrade by NBC. But we uh, got a memo from uh, Fox News management on, uh, in 2015, saying lay off Brian Williams. And I came for Roger Ailes. He said, the guy's getting beaten to a pulp. We don't need to pile on. I thought you'd want to hear that story. So Williams, he uh, wraps it up, I guess, uh, December 9th. Uh, and... Um, I was going to let it go, but I, I can't let it go. Roll the tape. The truth is I'm not a liberal or a conservative. I'm an institutionalist. I believe in this place, and in my love of country, I yield to no one. But the darkness on the edge of town has spread to the main roads and highways and neighborhoods. It's now at the local bar and the bowling alley, at the school board and the grocery store. And it must be acknowledged and answered for. What a bunch of bull. Now, he's implying that Trump people are uh, coming, I guess, to take democracy away. This guy, on his last broadcast, uh, did not cover the uh, Jesse Smollett verdict. Neither did MSNBC from 7 in the evening to midnight. That story broke, and MSNBC blacked it out, blacked it out. Did not mention it for five hours. Williams had the last hour. Didn't mention it. So what does that tell you? NBC Brass told them not to mention it. They ordered them not to report the biggest story in the country. And William said, okay, I'm an institutionalist. You're a phony. And he'll probably show up at CNN too. All right, my column this week on BillOReilly.com is about COVID and uh, how it's being used to change countries like the United States and New Zealand. We need to see what they're doing in New Zealand. So I hope you read that column um, on BillOReilly.com. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes? and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part, this spring, They have up to half off on select plants. 
and my audience can get a extra 15% off by using promo code Bill at checkout. So please go to fastgrowingtrees.com, use promo code Bill at checkout. In this day in history, December 13, 2000, Al Gore can seize the presidential election. You will remember 21 years ago, the Supreme Court had to decide, and they did seven to two, that there would be no further recounts in the state of Florida, where George W. Bush won by just 500 votes. And then they recounted the hanging chats and all this. But I want to remind everybody that Al Gore is extremely gracious when he conceded finally, okay, on this day 21 years ago. Very gracious because, hey, this was really intense. And I don't think we would see that from politicians today. All right. So I got a good mail segment, then I got a final thought that about Newsweek. Newsweek is, is a failure. They can't even publish a magazine anymore. They're on the Internet. But they're part of a cabal that's absolutely dangerous for this country. We'll be right back. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD, Two six five five three two. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Okay, let's get to the mail. Des Sotelo, Tampa, Florida. Bill, just wanted to thank you for a great show with President Trump. My sisters and I went, and it was awesome. Awesome! <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad you had a good time. Ann Atwood, Gregory, Michigan. Bill loved the show in Sunrise, Florida, all the way from Michigan, Ann. I heard things that I had never heard before. It's exciting to see you in person. I've been a fan of yours for many years. Thank you, Ann. Very kind of you. Thank you very much. Tom Bradford, Orlando. I was in attendance at the Trump O'Reilly History Tour. President Trump made a comment about what he initially thought of the presidency before he became president and what he thought after. Can't remember the quote directly, but the way he said it was very thoughtful and presidential. It was a great show, and I learned a lot. The president basically said 
that what he learned while he was in the Oval Office pretty much wiped out all his preconceived notions. And you look, I'm going to get to this in a moment, but the mean tweets and all of that, there's a reason. I don't, I'm not justifying it. I think he made a mistake doing many of the mean tweets. But when you are lied about, like he is, and we're experiencing that now, I mean, it just drives you nuts. Christine Fink, Sarasota, Florida. I attended the Trump O'Reilly show in Orlando. Loved it. It was unique, informative, and entertaining, as you had promised it would be. I will never mislead you, and I'm glad you liked it. And, you know, you pay good money for the tickets, we're going to deliver. Chris Dolatovsky, Philadelphia. Now that Jesse Smollett has been convicted, will be investigation into the prosecutor who dismissed the charges against him. That would be Kim Fox. Okay. Now, this is Chicago. In any, well, not San Francisco or Portland, but in most municipalities, a prosecutor that corrupt would be investigated. Not in Chicago. That's why Chicago's in such bad shape. Rodney Hammond, Punta Gorda, Florida. Hey, Bill, just received the Stand Up For Your Country doormat. All I can say is, wow, gorgeous, heavy duty, high quality. And I took your advice. I bought some books, mugs, and I'm giving them away to Christmas as Christmas gifts. Merry Christmas to you. We'll save you a fortune. Not a fortune, but a lot. If you go to the BillOReilly.com Christmas store. Manuel Villarreal, Seabrook, Texas. I have tickets for the Trump O'Reilly History Show in Houston. Just wondering if food is served. I would eat beforehand. There is, yeah, it's a stadium, uh, you know, it's a, an arena. They'll sell you stuff, but it's expensive. So I would have lunch, a nice lunch, uh, before you roll in, Manuel, and, and we hope you enjoy the program. Thank you for coming. All right, in the Christmas store, we got the Christmas ornaments. This is our best-selling item of the year. Uh, God bless America Christmas ornaments, and um, we're very happy. Then uh, the Stand Up For Your Country items I mentioned, um, the doormats, the hats, the mugs. Donald Trump said, can I have a dozen of those mugs? And I said, of course you can. <laughs> Was they going to say no? So the president won a dozen Stand Up For Your Country mugs, and he got them. <laughs> and then uh, if you become a uh, BillOReilly.com Premium or Concierge. Remember, we give you free stuff all day long. And if you give somebody a gift of Premium or Concierge Membership, you get a, a, another freebie, this little bonus thing that we put together, the bundle. It's, it's all free for you. So give somebody else a gift, and you get all that free. I mean, jeez, I can't do any better. Word of the day, no bilge, B-I-L-G-E. When writing to BillOReilly.com, and that is the address, Bill at BillOReilly.com. You can reach me. Tweet at Bill O'Reilly. Back in a moment with the final thought. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to the Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so here's the final thought of the day. I, I, 
I don't look it, but I was very, very angry for the last 24 hours by this total lie that Newsweek magazine put out. Now, the smear pipeline, the hate Trump pipeline is Newsweek magazine to the Daily Beast, to the Huffington Post and that out to the news aggregates like Yahoo News and things like that. There's a pipeline. Okay, so no matter how many people were in the building, and I told you the stats before, colossal amount of ticket sales, this was going to be a failure to these people. Now, the woman who runs Newsweek, and remember, Newsweek folded. They couldn't sell any magazines, so now they're just on the Internet, is Nancy Cooper, okay? She's a former MSNBC person, which tells you all you need to know. So she is basically... Uh, supervising all the hate Trump stuff, this woman. I don't know where she lives. I'm not going to do that. But I want you to know who she is, all right? And when it gets out there and you try to correct the record, so I called a number of agencies and said, look, I'll give you an interview. Now, I did Glenn Beck, and Beck has been magnificent, by the way. That's on BillOReilly.com, that radio exchange. But I offered, none of them care. None of them want to correct the record. I said, I'll show you <laughs> what the, uh, the audience is, what the gross is, and nobody in the world, as I say, could get this. And you're saying it's a bomb? You're saying it's a disaster? That's a lie. You're lying. But here's the most important part of this. Nobody's going to hold them accountable. They can lie whatever they want. Okay? Uh, Donald Trump and I talked about this. If you're famous, you can't sue. Now, this is exactly what happened in the Soviet Union in the 30s and in Nazi Germany. It's exactly what happened. Stalin and Hitler took over the press and just lied about everything. And nobody could stop it. And there were no counter voices. So you're not going to see me on the CBS Morning News or any of that, they're never going to do that. Because they want, first of all, they don't want to hear from me ever again, but they don't want Donald Trump to be successful in anything. And if he starts to take on momentum, they're going to lie about it. Now, this is so horrible for the nation. It, it, and I'm looking at it a big picture, why I asked Doug Brinkley. When you have this kind of a situation, where everybody's on the internet reading these news aggregates. It was, and I gotta, I've got to give Matt Drudge a compliment. Drudge had it up, and then my folks said, this is a lie, and provided the, and he took it down. Drudge took it down. But he was pretty much the only one that did it. It's, you know, you, you just, you get to a point where if Americans don't know the truth, they can't make responsible decisions. You can't. Which is why I wanted to get on a record all of this stuff, and I am just amazingly pleased that more than 30,000 people spent. At, these tickets were not cheap. They good money, and it'll, by next Saturday, it'll be 35,000 because those Houston and Dallas tickets are going. To move it. And I booked these big, big arenas because I want as many people to see the shows as possible. 
So anyway, I hope I don't, I'm not coming across as whining. I am bitter. I'm absolutely bitter at the decline of the media, the corruption of the media in America, because it is going to get worse, not better. There's no solution to it. Congress can't do anything about it. Local authorities can't stop it. They can say what they want to say. And if it's a lie, they don't care. Think about how dangerous that is. Think about the totalitarian societies that have come about because of the dishonest press. Okay. I hope you enjoyed this program. I really appreciate you watching. We will be back tomorrow.